now for the Legal Mumble Jumbo. This podcast is based entirely on Frank's own personal opinions and is in no way, shape, or form the opinions or representation of any fire, police, EMS organizations, which he is currently or previously associated or affiliated with. The views expressed in this podcast are entirely his own and do not reflect the views of any aforementioned organization. Please note, the names may have been changed to protect the innocent, the stupid, and the brain dead. Salutations, everyone. Thank you for joining my podcast for yet another edition of Frank the Lunatic Rants. and eloquently spacious Fuck If I Know Studios, located in wonderful downtown Hamlin, Pennsylvania. It is yet another wonderfully educational, informative, argumentative, debatable, and downright boring edition of Frank the Lunatic Rants. Hey there, hi there, ho there, everyone. I am, as always, your congenial host, Frank the Lunatic, with yet another edition of me ranting, raving, bitching, and moaning about topics you probably do not give a rat's ass about. So sit back, enjoy, and ask yourself this. Exactly why the hell am I listening to this guy anyway when there's so many other podcasts out there? So let's get right to it today. With seeing how the world is today, we should have a new preamble to the Constitution that goes something like this. We, the sensible people of the United States, in an attempt to help everyone get along, restore some semblance of justice, avoid more riots, keep our nation safe, promote positive behavior, and secure the blessings of a debt-free liberty to ourselves and our great-great-great-grandchildren. Hereby try one more time to ordain and establish some common-sense guidelines for the terminally whiny, guilt-ridden delusional. We hold these truths to be self-evident, that a whole lot of people are confused by the Bill of Rights and are so dim they require a Bill of Non-Rights. Article 1. You do not have the right to a new car, a big screen TV, or any other form of wealth. More power to you if you can legally acquire them, but no one is guaranteeing anything. Article 2. You do not have the right to never be offended. This country is based on freedom, and that means freedom for everyone, not just you. You may leave the room, turn the channel, express a different opinion, etc., but the world is full of dummies and probably always will be. Article 3. You do not have the right to be free from harm. If you stick a screwdriver in your eye, learn to be more careful. Do not expect the tool manufacturer to make you and all your relatives independently wealthy. Article 4. You do not have the right to free food and housing. Americans are the most charitable people to be found and will gladly help anyone in need. But we are quickly growing weary of subsidizing generation after generation of professional couch potatoes who achieve nothing more than the creation of another generation of professional couch potatoes. 
Article 5. You do not have the right to free health care. That would be nice, but from the looks of public housing, we're just not interested in public health care. Article 6. You do not have the right to physically harm other people. If you kidnap, rape, intentionally maim, or kill someone, don't be surprised if the rest of us want to see you get the blue juice. Article 7. You do not have the right to the possessions of others. If you rob, cheat, or coerce away the goods or services of other citizens, don't be surprised if the rest of us get together and lock you away in a place where you still won't have the right to a big screen color TV or a life of leisure. Article 8. You do not have the right to a job. All of us sure want you to have a job and would gladly help you along in hard times, but we expect you to take advantage of the opportunities of education and vocational training laid before you to make yourself useful. Article 9. You do not have the right to happiness. Being an American means that you, you have the right to pursue happiness, which, by the way, is a lot easier if you are unencumbered by an overabundance of idiotic laws created by those of you who were confused by the Bill of Rights. Article 10. This is an English-speaking country. We don't care where you came from. English is our language. Learn it. Article 11. You do not have the right to change our country's history or heritage. This country was founded on the belief in one true God, and yet you're all given the freedom to believe in any religion, any faith, or no faith at all, without the, with no fear of persecution. The phrase, in God we trust, is part of our heritage and history. Sorry if you're uncomfortable with it, or if it offends you. It's about time common sense is allowed to flourish. Sensible people of the United States must speak out, because if you do not, who will? And now, on to a little more stuff. You know, it's funny how we don't really teach a lot of things in history. We teach the same old, same old, same old stuff in history over and over again in grade school and high school and sometimes even in college. But yet, there are some things we don't always teach in school, like how some of these holidays, some of these federal holidays came about, or even their meetings, meanings, excuse me. You know, things like Memorial Day, Labor Day, Veterans Day, which unfortunately, even July 4th, have just become basically commercialized days for sales, for things like furniture and cars. The one thing we also don't teach um, in regards to something like Memorial Day, for example, um, Memorial Day was never really an official federal holiday. It actually started out after the Civil War. It was actually a day in which flowers and flags were placed on the graves of soldiers, both American and Confederate soldiers, who died during the Civil War. But it was never an official holiday until 1971 when Richard Nixon actually declared Memorial Day a federal holiday to be held on the last Monday in May. So it was never really a federal holiday for many years. Uh, it's something that we don't teach in school, again, to go along with a lot of things we don't teach in school. Yet we seem that it's very important that we, in a lot of school districts in some states and that there, this whole thing that we have to have this thing that we have to teach things like things about African-American history, but yet other things in regarding history of our country have seemed to be shelved and we don't seem to actually emphasize, you know, to a lot of kids, Memorial Day and Labor Day and July 4th is just a day off of school, a day that you sit home and barbecue, a day that you watch football games. We really don't teach the meanings of any of those things. And there's other things we don't teach. Again, we, these school districts, you know, as I said, in part of the country, are stressing the importance that we have to learn African-American history, 
no other history, not history about Asian Americans, Italian Americans, German Americans, Irish Americans, history of um, American Indians, but yet you have to learn African American history. I mean, we have a whole month set aside to that. There's even some school districts, I believe it's in Texas, maybe. I can't remember what state it is uh, down there. That actually started putting in a requirement that after a certain year, I guess, it would be a graduation requirement that you have to pass tests in regards to knowledge of African-American history and prominent figures in African-American history. Apparently, you don't need to know a lot about American history, the country in which we all live, just African-American history. But with that said, more things that we don't teach about our forefathers. Instead, we teach more and more now that we should be ashamed of our forefathers because our forefathers had slaves. And even some of these weird things about wanting to take Lincoln off something insignificant like the penny. Yes, the little penny. They actually want to take President Lincoln off the penny because they want to teach that Lincoln wasn't really a hero that Lincoln didn't do enough for African Americans. Yes, he freed them, but he didn't give them rights as citizens, rights to vote. And they want to twist history around and actually teach that he wasn't as important, that he could have done more. Again, how we're like really twisting the history of this country around on what we're teaching should be significant and not significant. Something else that I don't think anybody actually teaches in regards to our forefathers is what happened to the 56 men who signed the original Declaration of Independence. We don't teach anything about that history at all. It's basically just not significant whatsoever. But if you actually want some information, I actually have some to bore you with. Uh, five of the signers of the Declaration of Independence were captured by the British and treated as traitors and tortured before they died. Twelve had their homes ransacked and burned to the ground. Two lost their sons serving in the Revolutionary War. Another had two sons captured. Nine of the 56 men who signed the Declaration of Independence fought and died from wounds during the Revolutionary War. They signed and they pledged their lives, their fortunes, and their sacred honor. What kind of men were they? 24 were lawyers and jurists. 11 were merchants, 9 were farmers and large plantation owners. Men of means, well-educated but they signed a Declaration of Independence knowing full well that the penalty would be death if they were captured. Carter Braxton of Virginia, uh, Virginia, a wealthy planter and trader, saw his ships swept from the seas by the British Navy. He sold his home and properties to pay off his debts and died in rags. Thomas McKean was so hounded by the British that he was forced to move his family almost constantly. He served in the Congress without pay, and his family was kept in hiding. His possessions were taken from him, and basically poverty was his reward. Vandals and soldiers looted the properties of Dillery, Hall, Clymer, Walton, Gwinnett, Hayward, Rutledge, and Middleton. At the Battle of Yorktown, Thomas Nelson Jr. noted that the British General Cornwallis had taken over the Nelson home for his headquarters, he quietly urged General George Washington to open fire. The home was destroyed, and Nelson died bankrupt. Francis Lewis had his home and properties destroyed. The enemy jailed his wife, and she died within a few months. John Hart was driven from his wife's bedside as she was dying. Their 13 children fled for their lives. 
His fields and his uh, gristmill were laid to waste. For more than a year, he lived in forests and caves, returning home to find his wife dead and his children vanished. A few weeks later, he died from exhaustion and a broken heart. Norris and Livingston suffered similar fates. Such were the stories and sacrifices of the American Revolution. These were not wild, wild eyes, um, rabble-rousing people. They were soft-spoken men of means and education. They had security, but they valued liberty more. Standing tall, straight, and unwavered, they pledged for the support of this declaration with firm reliance on the protection of the divine providence. We mutually pledge to each other our lives, our fortune, and our sacred honor. They gave you and me a free and independent America. History books don't really tell you a lot in school about what happened during the Revolution anymore. We didn't just fight the British. We were originally British subjects at the time, and we fought our own government, basically. Some of us take these liberties so much for granted, and we shouldn't. But we don't teach that in schools. We are still, again, more at teaching that we've done so much wrong. They're big into reversing history and teaching that our forefathers were all wrong. And we shouldn't talk about them. We shouldn't teach them, uh, excuse me, teach about them in schools because they owned plantations, which made meant they had slaves, which again, yes, it was something wrong, but it was something that was legal at the time. It was something that was part of their lives at the time, but it is wrong now to even talk about our forefathers in a lot of schools. They want to take all that away, that we should not learn about the past, that the only past we should learn about is, again, the past of African Americans, that we should wipe out anything about the past when it comes to any other citizen in the United States. And as I've said so many times, why do we not teach about other nationalities in this country as well. Why are we forcing school districts to have to learn instead about our forefathers and the history of our country? Instead, we're teaching that our forefathers and our history was just bad and evil and that we should be learning about one particular race of people. To me, I'm sorry, but that's wrong. I mean, look at I mean, just the way things are changing. It's just, and I'm not saying it's just Democrats, it's probably other political parties where people just have this thought. And to me personally, it's wrong. We should be teaching about all of our history. We should be teaching about the past. You know, we, we, we learn from the mistakes of the past, or at least we're supposed to learn from the mistakes of the past. But yet we have a generation of people out there that do not want to teach about what happened in the past. We want to rewrite things. Look at here in Pennsylvania. We have a governor. We have a Democrat governor who, of course, cannot fortunately run for re-election. Uh, his terms basically are up. Uh, he is going around, and his administration is actually changing the little historical placards that they put on the high, you know, parts of the state, um, whether it's historical buildings or noting things of historical significance. We're actually replacing them because they're insultive to people. That's right, they're insultive. We can no longer have things in Pennsylvania referring to things when it comes to the Civil War, uh, mentioning Confederates, the term Confederate soldiers. In Pennsylvania, they are now to be referred to as enemy forces. 
They weren't enemy forces. They were American citizens. To them, people up north were the enemy forces. So maybe we should just say it was enemy forces fighting enemy forces. They believed they were right. The North believed that they were right. You know, it was Americans fighting Americans. That's the Civil War. But they're trying to even change history in that aspect. That they don't want anything of historical significance even mentioning Confederate soldiers. Even mentioning that it was Americans against Americans. They, they wanted in this state taught that it was Americans versus enemy forces. Basically, terrorism, I guess you can call it, against people that were terrorist. I, I, I don't know how else, you know, to have it, you know, it's, it's just funny. They're changing all these things around. Any mention of stuff, anything that shows anything about battles where maybe there were large Confederate forces killed or, you know, any prominent Confederate soldiers you know, names and that that may have been killed or the other way around where there were Confederate victories over the, the northern forces. All these signs have to be taken down and either rewritten or not reposted at all because it is offensive, according to this governor, to, and it's not even paying tribute, but just the fact that historically saying anything that has acknowledges Confederate troops acknowledges the fact that there were Americans on the other side of the war. Again, this is just so bizarre how this country's getting. Look at this thing with the, the bill that's going on now, the the, the whole uh, voting act, the Freedom to Vote John Lewis Act that this current administration is trying to push. Um, they want election aid, not just the presidential election. They want to declare that election day, any election day, is a, a federal holiday everywhere in the United States. Now, I don't know if that also means also that primaries too, um, but Election Day every year will be a federal holiday, meaning that federal workers and things will get paid. You know, the, all these federal union workers will get paid while things are closed, while the rest of us are working, of course. And they want to restore voting rights to uh, felons who have been released from prison People who were previously incarcerated and they're convicted felons, whether it was something, rape, drugs, anything like that, you're out on parole, probation, whatever it is. I, mean, I don't know if, I guess even, even convicted murderers at some point could get paroled, depending how and how you were sentenced, that you will have be given your right back to vote. Really? You're a felon that committed something serious and we're going to give you? your right to vote back. I, I think that's a little weird, too. And there's another weird thing, too. They want to accept not just photo ID. In other words, you, you go and you get a photo ID or you get a driver's license or a passport. You have showed actual documentation proving who you are, that you are you, that you are exist, that you are who you say you are. And I feel that there is nothing wrong with presenting that information when you go to vote or go to register a vote. This administration wants to change it that they can accept forms of non-photo identification in any states or any areas where ID is required to vote or to register to vote. So in other words, you don't even, if this thing goes through, you don't need photo ID. You don't need something from the state or from the federal government proving who you are in order to register to vote or to vote. 
I could go and basically say, hey, someone that, one of you that's listening to this right now, I could go and say, I'm you. And don't have to show any ID, just show a copy of the utility bill or something silly like that, that has an, your name on it and an address, and go vote pretending to be you. This is where this bill is wrong. They're saying that it's to improve voter access, but not necessarily true. Why can't we still have regular registered places to vote? Why is it that we need to, a push to put voting boxes the way mailboxes are in places? They keep saying that everything is preventing minorities and people of color from voting. I'm sorry, but everyone's had the opportunity and have been voting for generations. You have the opportunity to go out in your local district, which in a lot of these cities where they say, you know, minority voters are being prevented from voting are cities that close schools because the public schools are where you go to vote. What is preventing you from voting? I don't understand that. Why do you need some box on a street? to drop a ballot in, why can't you go to the school and vote? And again, brings the question, why can't you have to, why couldn't you, why isn't there something saying that you have to prove who you are in order to vote? I think it's completely wrong. I'm sorry, but you need to prove who you are. If either side wants to stop this whole thing with saying that there's voter fraud, well, then in that case, change it so that everyone is required to prove who they are in order to vote at regular standard voting places, polling places, like it has been. You know, if they want to bitch and complain about the voting process, machines and that, have you noticed you didn't have this bullshit, you know, say 30 years ago or so, when everybody was still using those mechanical machines, every state, every voting district was using these machines everyone it was standardized no now you have 55,000 different ways to vote in florida you're giving people who are 80 years old and blind basically a stupid card that looks like a lotto ticket (laughs) type of thing to circle fill in circles remember that when that happened many years ago the whole bush thing everything that happened back then you know i do agree there should be a standardized way of voting that it shouldn't be different from state to state in regards to how the voting is like the process you know be it paper or electric machine this thing of saying how in the future they want you to have the ability to vote from your home the hell is up with that vote from your home vote on a computer really vote from they they bitched about hacking and that as it is and they actually want a future where you can sit on your phone and use an app to vote and again without having to have to prove who you are this is the most ridiculous shit I've ever heard, but yet this is what this administration wants. They want bullshit things like this. It's the craziest thing in the world. It's like one thing after the other. Then there's this new federal mandate in regards to requiring that truck drivers will be required by federal law because the federal government's the one who dictates things over CDL licensing. By federal law, if you have a CDL license, you have to be vaccinated. Another step towards socialism. Whatever happened to your choice, your right to choose medical treatment, your right to choose, you know, medicines and vaccinations for yourself, to to choose what you feel is the best 
course of action for your health and for your safety or your families. But this administration wants to, um, I don't think it passed it, but it looks like it might, or they might do an executive order, I'm not even sure, that they want to force that if you have a CDL license, in order to keep your license, I guess whether or not you're even working for a trucking company, in order to keep your license, you have to be vaccinated and prove that you're vaccinated or you can lose your CDL license. And they were saying how this whole thing with requiring vaccinations, if you are a truck driver, um, it's it just getting really bizarre. I know Canada's even getting on the bad wagon. Canada wants us to have, I believe it's some form of vaccination passport. They actually want it like on your passport, I guess, that you were vaccinated. Uh, they were saying that by this whole thing of the federal government considering uh, forcing like, you know, CDL holders to be vaccinated will also increase the amount of people not working. You know, well, now you're out of a job because you won't get vaccinated. You know, you can't drive a truck anymore. Well, they were saying how food prices, they're actually expecting food prices to go up all because of this mandate. They, you know, there's already a driver shortage and worker shortage out there in the trucking industry because instead of changing regulations, as it, administrations never want to address that. Instead of changing regulations and labor regulations, in regards to truck driving. They're trying to make the job even harder. A lot of people don't know that trucking is and transportation is an exempt industry. There is no law in regards to overtime pay. Trucking companies are not required to pay you for working over 40 hours a week. In fact, majority of the truckers out there work 70 to 80 hours a week. But yet these lawyers, these people, these commercials on TV are quick to blame the truck drivers when there's an accident, you know, they're, oh, they're, they're purposely causing the accident because they're driving, you know, in a haphazard way and everything. You've got people that are working 70 to 80 hours a week. You go and work 70, hours, 70 to 80 hours a week for 52 weeks a year and see how you feel and see what condition your body's in. There's no laws against that. There's no laws, like I said, about overtime in regards to the trucking industry. You're making it more and more difficult. And now they want to hand the keys to trucks to 18 years old, 18 year old people. I think that's a little ridiculous as well, that you want to give somebody fresh out of high school that hardly has been driving a car the right to go and get the keys to a tractor trailer and drive across the country hauling 70,000 pounds of stuff. It, this, this administration is getting really bizarre in regards to this we're, we're more concerned with so many other stupid things than addressing really important issues we won't address the, this administration will not address the border issue at all but yet we will transport illegals secretly in the middle of the night on a special government flights and put them in towns across the country without informing people you have absolutely no idea that the, you know they're going to be housing these illegals, we don't even have information on that we're going to be housing them in your town. This administration is more concerned with taking care of illegals and making sure that they have money and they're set up somewhere and that, you know, that they're provided for. And meanwhile, we have homeless Americans. We have people that lose their homes, lose their jobs. You know, don't, ha don't live somewhere and have a fire 
destroy your home in the United States. You know, the Red Cross might put you up for one day, two days, three days. You're shit out of luck. There, there's nothing out there. But yet, you can come to this country illegally, and we'll help you. We'll put you up. You can come to this country as a refugee. We'll help you. We'll put you up. We'll get you back on your feet. But you're a hardworking American citizen. No, we just basically kick you when you're down and spit in your face. This administration, and other administrations have done this as well, but this administration just seems more concerned with protecting illegals and providing for illegals who broke our laws to enter this country illegally, giving them the opportunity to stay here. Then we are providing for our own people. Like I said, there you, you see the stories, you see the commercials on TV that we have, you know, Homeless people, we have people with kids that are homeless. Kids, you know, people that are starving. And we just don't care. The, the administrations don't care. This administration cares more about taking care of the Wawa people out there and taking care of illegals. Gotta stop. It has to stop. We have three more years of this douchebag being in office. We need to make sure not only him and his administration does not continue after the next presidential election, but that no Democrat gets in during the next election because right now they just have the same ideology. They have the same, for the most part, the same mentality, the same goal on what they want to do. Look at oil. They've already predicted, Goldman Sachs has already predicted on how bad oil prices are going to get this year. And meanwhile, the administration, as I said, is more concerned with helping illegals. Oil hasn't been this high since 2014, I believe. And they're predicting that if something isn't done, we, we can wind up with basically a crisis like we were in the 70s even. And our inflation is just about there. I believe we're at, what, 6.9% and the highest inflation of recent times was in the 70s during the Carter administration when inflation was 7.2% and we're edging closer and closer to that. And again, this administration doesn't want to do anything. No. Why should we help? Why should we help the people of the United States? Instead, this administration wants to give money to other countries to help improve their economic situation. What the hell? To fund money to help these other countries and their governments fund vaccines and stuff for their country. What the hell is up with that? Why do we have to provide for everyone else? I don't know. Maybe it's only me that feels like this. Maybe. Maybe, maybe I've just been dropped on my head too much, but that is the way I feel about it. Anyhow, let me know what you think. How do you feel about it? Send me a message. If you have to listen to me on anchor.fm, you can send me a voice message. Give me your opinion. Give me a story idea. Tell me what you think. You can send me an email to frankthelunatic at gmail.com or you can call our listener talkback feedback line at area code 570-503-6585. And maybe I might use your comment or a suggestion on a future show. Might even use your voice on a future show. I'm my friends, of course, as always. I am Frank the Lunatic, and I have approved this message. And for now, my friends, that is all I have to say about that. Oh, thank you.
Pretty good, pretty good, pretty good, pretty good.